Welcome to the Slayer Sessions with Shannon and Anga. Our mission is to wipe out the fear and discomfort of anxiety. So today we decided to talk a little bit about um, exercise and meditation and some other areas around moving our bodies and also being still that affect anxiety. And um, I thought we would just start with a, a really basic question. Does exercise help with anxiety? For some, it does, but you've got to have the right exercise. Mm. So it's very important to understand that we're all different and our needs are all different and there are many, many different types of exercise. For some people suffering from anxiety, the more sensitive personality type if they try and engage in vigorous exercise they may easily feel exhausted or they may feel more anxious because when their heart rate increases and their breathing increases that can feel like a panic attack to them so in that case that kind of exercise feels definitely not like a good idea but then they mm. need to explore more gentle ways of working with their body whereas for others who are running more hot with you know a lot of adrenaline to burn off and a different body type that needs more vigorous movement, then they can go for a run or go to the gym and do something much more active with an elevated heart rate and fast breathing, and they'll feel relaxed afterwards. They'll feel like they've discharged some anxious energy, and they'll feel good afterwards. Mm. So it does help, but just like we need to know what kind of foods and what kind of climates help us, as we're all um, complex individuals, we really need to know what kind of exercise is best for me in helping yeah, me with that's... my anxiety. That's a really good point. I don't think that a lot of people probably have thought about that or know about that. So when we talk about the different forms of exercise and different body types and nutrition, etc., let's talk a little bit more about, let's go a little bit deeper into what that looks like. So for instance, I have a really active mind very pitta brain, uh, more kapha body, if we're talking about Ayurveda and, and body types and, and uh, mental types. Um, but as much as I know that it's good for me to exercise rigorously for the mind type, the body type would just really much rather float and hang out and not work up a sweat that often. And it, so I find myself, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, have this experience as well, or the other side. For instance, I had lunch with a, a woman yesterday that could not ever imagine meditating or being still or lying in shavasana. For her, she has to swim and move and lift weights with lots of repetition. And you can tell she's pitta body, pitta mind. Because mm. so, we did talk about the kinds of exercise, the kinds of things that we did to... Um, to, to stay healthy, to keep our bodies moving. So mm -hmm. I guess I just wonder what you have to say about that. Yeah, it's, it's all part of getting to know yourself and getting to know what works for you. Very soon on the website, we'll have more, more detailed information on Ayurveda and different body types so people can look themselves up and get more insight. But just basically when you describe a kapha body type, they're less inclined to move. They really want to just float around and relax and enjoy but with that comes, a, when it's out of balance, a type of inertia that can lead to feelings of depression or overwhelm or just feeling swamped. And then that body type that's so disinclined to move really needs to move. It really needs to warm up and loosen up. 
Most interesting. Whereas the Pitta type, they tend to be more A-type personalities. They run quite hot. So you'll find them in hot yoga classes or the gym, competitive sports, pumping weights, and they're going to want to do more reps today than they did yesterday. Mm -hmm. But really, they actually need to cool it down. They need to go to the opposite state and to swim more gently and not worry so much about affecting their stroke or counting their lengths, but just learn to enjoy more being in the cool water and passing through it meditatively, not always so competitive. Mm-hmm. And then the creative types, the vata types, who are so prone to anxiety, they don't have a lot of energy reliably on tap. Their energy comes in bursts. And their inclination when it comes is to spend it, the same as they do with money. They'll go to a market with $5 in their purse and they'll have to buy something. They'll have to buy mm-hmm. a few bits and pieces. Same with their energy. It comes in a burst, they spend it in a burst, then they're tired. So the challenge for sensitive, creative vata types is to engage in gentle exercise where they budget, where they spend half their energy and keep the rest for rest and repair and looking after their nervous system. Mm. Do, they do well with more gentle walking. Swimming's okay. Gentle yoga, twisting postures are very good for them. Just nice and supportive warm-up movements. They actually mm-hmm. don't need massive amounts of exercise to keep healthy. Right. Most interesting. So then what about when you have the, the combination? You have that the mental pitta, and the physical kapha? It's a question of really seeing what's most operational. If the mind is very pitta, then it will pull the kapha body around and get it into something. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's its way. Pitta is very much, come on, let's go, let's do this. Pitta is very driven, it's very achieving. Whereas kapha's like, oh, come on, let's just chill out. Kapha likes to sleep and relax and eat, and it's very earthy, very watery. So you know when the kapha's on the up because it will overwhelm the pitta and the body doesn't want to do much. And mm-hmm. really important, before becoming too concerned about definitions and exactly what is your type and what do you need to do, most important thing is just awareness and playfulness and understanding that if you try one form of exercise and it makes you feel worse, don't do yourself the injustice of thinking, oh, I've tried exercise and it didn't work. Just try and understand that, you know, different strokes for different folks. It's like eating an apple and saying, I don't like fruit. There are hundreds of fruits. Yeah, to see what works for you. And I know that um, when I am in cycles of moving my body more than not, um, because it's definitely cyclic for for this experience, for my experience, as I know it is for, for some people that are listening, is to allow lots of different choices anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I think that lots of us want to have choices. We don't want to have to do the same thing all the time. Yeah, mix it up. And and it, when you mix it up, it makes it more interesting. And and you know, before we go into the different types of exercises, though, I guess I, I'd like to talk a little bit about exercise as meditation and how does that exercise really benefit our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an important point. There's been a lot of really valuable research recently about how exercise can lift us out of depressive states and exercise can be supportive to the mind and, and anxious states. And one of the beautiful ways that it works with that is, as you said about your friend who finds it really an impossible notion to sit down and meditate and sit still, and we've discussed this before, when people are really suffering from anxiety, they don't want to sit down with their mind. They don't want to sit down 
on their own with negative anxious thoughts they'll do anything not to do that it's actually painful for them so the beauty of exercise is that it can be like a, a form of mindful active relaxation where you are calming your mind down but you're also keeping it busy and it works very beautifully if you learn a, a few simple tai chi moves or a few simple yoga postures or just go out and walk in the autumn and feel your feet crunching on the leaves smell the air just really bring it down to a basic step-by-step -step observation of nature and then mm -hmm. you are meditating and you are benefiting yeah. from what meditation does for your mind it's like really cooling to a hot head it's a beautiful experience but you're not having to sit on your own in the lotus position with ugly thoughts right right well i'll tell you one of my very favorite forms of meditation is walking meditation mm, me too and because of where i live and i know because of where you live we have we have such a a beautiful area to take in nature and to really focus in on our surroundings and the beauty of of everything around us and it is it's very calming and very good for you and when I first learned about it I thought well how could that possibly be meditation well if that's meditation I'm going for it right absolutely <laughs> because I find myself out in it quite a bit now am I breaking a sweat am I running through this experience no I'm not taking it in I'm getting the benefits of moving my body but doing so while really paying attention to brand new robin's nest in the tree or the dewdrops on the flowers or or the the things that lots of other people don't see because their head is down and they're on their way to wherever they're going yeah that's something i'm seeing more and more over the years as i observe people i really respect and appreciate people who are able to just walk and be peaceful moment by moment we always think that there's something to be achieved and something to be attained that's going to make us happier. But mm -hmm. I'm seeing more and more that the people that are able to be just quiet and happy with simple pleasures. Like around here, if I go for a walk in one of my favorite local countryside areas, I notice that the people that go regularly walking their dogs, they're the friendliest people. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> they've just got that routine and you, know, and, you know, the dog throws a stick and he's behaving, you know, funnily. And they're just happy with that. Simple little right. things. Happy to chat. Right. They've got time for you. And my father-in-law has a beautiful big garden. I think it must be about two-acre garden. And the other morning I went for a walk and I, I met him in his garden. And he said to me, it's different every day. Every morning the garden's different. Mm. And I was thinking, that's so nice that you're so in touch with that little piece of nature that you've created and you can see the changes. And he's very content with that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's wonderful to, to be in that place and pay attention to those small changes. Mm. It is. It's fun. I'm doing it right now, watching the Brussels sprouts grow and watching, <laughs> the, <laughs> watching the, the eggplant get bigger and you know, thinking about grilling that and what it's going to taste like and that I grew it. And, you know, look at it today, and, which for some would be, um, you know, certainly of no interest, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So let's talk about the different types of exercise for the different personalities and, and body types. Okay, so then if we start with the kapha type, which is the heavier body type, they, they're more inclined to gain weight, their frame is heavy, if not everyone's skeletal structure is the same. They have broad, smooth bones, broad, smooth joints, and they're more inclined to seek shelter in comfort foods and the settee, the sofa, when they're mm -hmm. not feeling good, they just want to retreat and sleep it off. They're like bears. <laughs> 
or, or elephants. They tend to be slower their their way of movement, and they have good memories. For them, their exercise needs to be more vigorous. The principle with the Ayurveda and self-care is to not let one thing build up too much. So if you're sitting mm. around too much, get moving, do the opposite thing. So they sure. need more vigorous exercise. They they can run a bit. Um, Pitta types shouldn't run too much because they're competitive, and Vata types, their joints don't appreciate running. So again, it's really important to know where you're at. So the Kapha type, they can do with hotter exercise, more physical exercise. They've got good stamina, but they're not inclined to spend their energy reserves. But they've got good energy when they want to use it. They can, mm-hmm. you know, they can go for hours if they need to. So that's them. They really need to get up, get outside, get moving. Pitta types, they, they are running hotter. They're the A-type personality. They do very well with walking and yoga and swimming, but not hot competitive yoga, gentle, cooling yoga. You know, rather than heading for the sun uh, salutations, going a bit more for the moon, a bit more cool, a bit more gentle, mm-hmm. a bit more smooth in their movements, non-competitive, just trying to find the pleasure in doing exercise for the sake of doing it, not for what you're going to chalk up mm-hmm. on your scoreboard. And well, then, and it's interesting, that, it's interesting that you say that because that mind type, if we're talking about the body type, and, you know, this is where I know I keep coming back to this, but... Again, in my lunch yesterday with a friend, the thought of doing any sort of gentle yoga or any sort of anything that didn't lead to a calculated result, mm. to her seemed almost absurd. Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> and in, and the, you know, on the kapha side, the, the hot exercise, the, you know, the moving, taking advantage of that good stamina, often we'll, we'll hear from kapha body types that, well, yeah, that's all fine and well, but I'm not going to do it. It doesn't. No, it doesn't naturally <laughs> you know, appeal. I want to go and do yin yoga and twist and and be on the floor and be the the sensual yogi yes. instead of you know hopping around like it's Friday. Yeah, or the couch potato yogi where you know yeah, you right, your weight right. training is picking the remote or a bag of potato chips up and down. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they want. So we we have to really work with our higher intelligence rather than our base inclinations it's a challenge but when you get it right it feels good it feels nice and it supports your consciousness and it calms your mind so you have to break through the uh, resistance a little bit there right i find bike rides are good mm-hmm. um without you know, not the expectation to um ride like a maniac but to just again get moving get moving and take in the the area and cover more ground and um very good on your joints and you know i mean depending on certainly what what you're going to do whether you're um on a mountain bike or a road bike or or whatever but mm-hmm. biking is is one one nice exercise as well yeah it's a lovely so about, way what about the vata type i know we talked about them having bursts of energies uh, what kind of exercise is best for that type yeah they have to be really careful because they will just go and spend it all and then collapse in a heap to recharge their their batteries walking's lovely for vata nice and grounding again if you can do it mindfully and be aware of your feet connecting with the earth breathing nature around you some vata types when vata's in balance vata is very uh, spiritually aware and wise and even renounced and they are able to sit and meditate for a long period of time it's their inclination to really be quite deeply spiritual people 
But when they're out of balance, there's real suffering involved in trying to still their mind. So you mm. just got to meet yourself halfway and just do something slow and gentle and it gets you moving, but meditatively and not exhausting yourself. Right, right. Well, really interesting. And I think that for the listeners to get clear about where they're at and, and their own experiences would be really helpful. So just take a moment and think about your body type and your mind type and not so much worried about labeling, but to get a better idea of where you're at now and where you might like to be and then start sampling. Yeah, just being in touch with what works for you rather than worry too much about labeling or should I be doing this or am I doing this right or am I doing that wrong? Just find something that feels nice, that feels good, that helps your body feel like it's freed up a bit and your right. mind that it's your mind's had some occupational therapy. That's really what it should feel like. Right. And it does. When I think about when I move my body with yoga asanas, when I move my body on the bike or, or when I take a nice long hike, those are the things that I really enjoy. And so if I enjoy them, and like you said, if I'm in that place of, well, I don't really feel like it, but then I let my higher consciousness kick in. I think, oh, remember how well you felt the last time you just got up and moved. Mm -hmm. And instead of taxing your brain 10 hours a day, creating and writing and speaking and listening and being, you know, it's time to switch gears and let your body catch up. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, really good stuff. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the spinning story. I think it would be really good to share that story. This is a great story. It comes from a book which I really recommend to our listeners. It's called Healing Without Freud or Prozac, Natural Approaches to Curing Stress, Anxiety and Depression. And it's by Dr. David Servan Schreiber. And there's a great story in there about a guy called Bernard who was a successful film producer in his 40s. He was a handsome, together, professional guy who everyone found completely charming, but he was suffering from crippling panic attacks, and he was having all the horrible symptoms that we discussed recently. His heart would beat wildly out of control, and he could barely, mm. barely breathe at all. So he found himself in accident and emergency because he had a friend at that time who'd recently suffered a heart attack, and he was convinced that that was his fate too. So he really felt that he was dying, there was something terribly wrong with him, and he would go and check himself into the emergency room to see what help he could get. And he right. was being told, this is just anxiety attacks, which, of course, we don't like the just word with that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, like, no big deal. You're no just, big deal. You're just freaking out. You'll yeah. be fine. So he got checked out, as, as we recommend, got all the physical stuff checked out, and he was prescribed Xanax to help him relax which started to help after a period of time. The panic attacks stopped and he was feeling increasingly comfortable, but he was also feeling increasingly dependent on his medication. And he upped his dose till he was taking extra medication every day just to know that he would get through his meetings and what he had to do okay. And one day he was travelling on a trip abroad and his luggage got stolen and his meds were in the luggage. The Xanax was in the case and he had nothing to get him through. And after a few hours, he suffered an anxiety attack that was so intense. He said it was the worst one of his entire life. And he was very, very ill with it. So he took a vow when he returned home that he never wanted to be that dependent on a chemical substance again. Because what happens if you can't get your prescription filled or if something gets lost or stolen or, or whatever? He didn't want to feel that he could be that ill 
because he couldn't get his hands on a particular pill. Very uh, insightfully, he started to think about things in the past that helped him feel better, and he remembered that swimming, if he swam for 30 minutes, he'd feel good for an hour or two afterwards. That would definitely help take the edge off things. But it wasn't enough. He couldn't go swimming every two hours. So again, Bernard is teaching us the example of checking in with what's right for you. Right. And then a friend said to him, why don't you try a spinning class? You know, these indoor, do you have these in the States? Yes, we do. Yeah, with a, with a stationary exercise bike where you just mm-hmm. pedal like crazy. So he started doing this indoor group cycling and mm-hmm. he started going three times a week. He noticed that for him, at the end of that, he felt quite tired but in a pleasant way and quite in high spirits. Mm. And it would last for hours, hours and hours and hours. And he felt good. So mm-hmm. he discovered that that was his thing. If he took the spinning class and he... he learned to balance it out how it didn't make him too hyped that he couldn't sleep but you know he he managed to find his own way with it his own level of endurance and what made him feel the most comfortable he just played with that and eventually that was it he was off his meds and he learned to let off steam in a healthy way for him now again that's his story and that's Mm -hmm. not going to work for everyone but it's a fantastic example of him finding his way his level of physical activity that got him comfortable and got him through. Well, yeah, because he was open to experiencing and finding out what might work for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really where we need to be and our listeners need to be is to, to allow for, uh, to just be as open as possible and, you know, be curious, do mm-hmm. some experiment, Yeah, you know, see what, see what works for you. That's the key. Know what works for you. Different strokes for different folks. And we talked about, the caution involved with exercise and exertion and how exerting yourself might feel like a panic attack. And I think we should probably dig into that just a little bit deeper. Mm, Yeah, thank you for the prompt. It's a very important Mm -hmm. point. I actually know somebody who was suffering from mild anxiety attacks a couple of years ago, and one day he was asked to help lift a television for somebody, a big old-fashioned television, into the back of a truck to be taken away for recycling Mm -hmm. and it was a hot day and it was heavy and it was awkward he had to carry it quite away and in doing so his heart began to pound his breathing got quicker he felt hot and sticky and he felt like he was having a panic attack Mm. but he wasn't he was overexerted and his mind was making a connection and when he realized that he was so relieved so very important if you look on google you'll find all kinds of questions from people asking you know why am i having panic attacks during intimate relations, during this Mm -hmm. exercise, during that thing. And that's because those are people who who feel panicked when they experience a fast heartbeat, elevated respiration, all of those things. And then the mind thinks, I've got a fast heart, I'm breathing fast, I feel hot, I'm having a panic attack. doesn't always mean you are. It's it's a false association of the mind, which is hypervigilant when you're anxious. It's trying to take care of things and it's on the lookout it's doing that anticipatory thinking thing sure so sure. you know if you if you experience that and you feel that those symptoms in the body increase your anxiety there's two things you can do one is find a completely different form of exercise or the other one is step up to those symptoms gently walk a bit faster and let your heart get a bit faster and understand this is because i'm walking fast this doesn't mean i'm panicking My heart's going faster because I'm walking faster and it needs to pump more blood to my muscles. Therefore, I'm going to now reframe this and look at it in a different way. 
And the reframing will improve everything. When, when you get clear about, oh, okay, this is what happens when I do this. Now I can rule out that I'm having a panic attack. Yeah, it's liberating, that understanding. Because this mm-hmm. guy with the television is like, oh, thank God, of course. It was bloody heavy. <laughs> you know, right. I, I was hot. I was breathing fast. My heart was going fast. Of course it would be. Anyone who's right. lifting something that heavy into the back of a truck, having carried it for 50 yards, they're going to have that going on in their body. It's how the body works. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm having a panic attack. You know, again, it all comes back down to awareness and just having that space where we're not on red alert all the time with predictive anxious thinking where you've just got that space where you can think hang on i just ran up a flight of stairs that's why i feel like this Mm -hmm. and you can still pause and use your breathing techniques to slow it all down and get more comfortable you can use those things anytime but just that mental support that you can give yourself of understanding anyone who runs upstairs gets out of breath doesn't mean i'm having an anxiety attack right well, and I think when you start to be more mindful of the, the cause and effect of, of what you're doing, how you're moving your body, you will eventually get to that place where you will be more comfortable with that understanding that all is well. And then if those symptoms start to pop up when you aren't even moving, well, now we're talking about something different. Yeah. And again... The, the breathing exercises, centering exercises, and the things that we know to do and that we offer through Anxiety Slayer help bring you back where where you can find some peace and comfort in that moment, no matter what's going on. Absolutely. That's essential. And it's like first aid for your mind. Regrettably, only we can really fix it. We have to start to look after ourselves. But it doesn't have to be austere and unpleasant. It can actually be an extremely pleasant experience to know how to help yourself it's just mm-hmm. initially it feels a little challenging mm-hmm. you know as you just said with your mind if you are sitting still and all of a sudden your heart starts kicking in and your breathing starts kicking in then you need to know what techniques to engage but don't let the mind jump in on it and start thinking oh my god because then it goes through the roof so right. with that initial awareness then bring in the quick anxiety stopper bring in some breathing techniques something that helps you regain control and understand okay for some reason something's tipped me over the edge and i'm having a bit of an episode but i'm okay i know what to do and i know it will pass that's a completely different experience oh it's empowering Mm -hmm. it's empowering and how interesting that it's just a matter of doing the research and doing the work I'm thinking, is there anything else that we wanted to cover today in relation to anxiety and exercise? Pretty much all I have in my notes. Other than, again, you know, to remember, keep a log. If you do something and it feels nice, if you're having a tough day and a walk helps you or a swim helps you, or, you know, even if your exercise is putting on a comedy show and getting your abs working with a good laugh, just <laughs> log it up and remember that helped me at that time and have your book there. And then when you have an off patch, flip through and think, oh, that helped me. I'll do yeah. it again. Just keep, keep a log of yourself of what helps. Laughter is my favorite exercise. It's fantastic. I've got fantastic <laughs> abs from laughing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you so much for this conversation today another slayer session uh, a, a good time had by uh, at least the two of us and yeah. hopefully <laughs> listeners to just really come back to 
some more informative and helpful ideas around how we can better care for ourselves and the types of exercise that that will benefit us and keep us in a really nice, healthy place. I look forward to our next session. Me too. And if anyone has any questions, please send them in and we'll do the best we can with them. Thanks, Ananga. Thank you, Shan. Thank you for listening to the Slayer Sessions. If you like what you just heard, please pass along this podcast to a friend. You're welcome to visit our website at anxietyslayer.com for more supportive tools and anxiety release exercises created to slay your anxiety.